Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. I'm your host, Queen Fisher Blue, your mindfulness guide, your muse. Let's finish the summer series. Come on now, we still have eight days. This is being published on September 13th, eight days left until the first day of fall. So one of the practices I'm trying to embrace is to stay where I'm at and to not get too far in the future. And that includes with the season changes. So here I am to finish the summer series. We are back in 2002, a summer that really changed my life. So if you haven't listened to part one and two, you can find them before this episode. And this is the final part three. So I got this scholarship. I got the internship at Bulgaria. Uh, I got additional money from the, from another department at the University of Utah. And I went to work where I was waiting tables and they were totally excited to give me the summer off. In fact, our restaurants don't do as well in the summer at that time because it's a steakhouse, it's heavier food. And there was plenty of space for me to take three months off. And I could come right back on exactly in the status and position I had before. So uh, I was able to box up my apartment and get everything set up. And I was so excited. I only had a couple months, maybe like six weeks to put it all together. But I had a lot of help from Daphne Marimaldi and from other faculty on staff as well. So one of the most interesting, bizarre experiences happened right from the get-go. So mind you, we're back in 2002. So the cellular phone that I had at the time was a little flip phone. It was with this company called Cricket. And you just paid for like the phone that you had. um, Or I was just paying for like, I don't even remember actually. (laughs) I don't remember how it worked. It seems so archaic now, but I know I had a small cell phone and my friend who was dropping me off at the airport had a cell phone. So my ticket had been paid for by the American University in Bulgaria. So this is where I would be heading to Sofia, the capital of Bulgaria. And then from there, I'd be picked up and taken down about an hour and 10 minutes to Blagovgrad, which is a university town where the American University in Bulgaria was stationed. And here I would spend the summer living in their dorms, uh, having a food stipend, uh, my, my stuff paid for, my living expenses paid for, and my plane tickets paid for. And the exchange rate was awesome. And we could go out to eat for, I don't know, two American dollars, even a dollar And then if we really sat down and had like a five course meal and tip and it was like $6 a meal. And it was just so cool to have that experience with an exchange rate like that. So when I got to the airport, they had purchased me a ticket, the American University of Bulgaria. And when I got to the airport, Salt Lake City Airport, I was checking in with a reservation. So I show my ID, (laughs) I'm ready to go. And they're not going to let me pick up the ticket because my name was spelled wrong. So they spelt, I was using my full legal name, which is David Smith. And they spelt my last name Smith without the H, left the H off in the reservation. And so (laughs) they would not 
budge, period, at all. And the only way around it was to get the reservation point person on campus. Luckily, luckily, they were just closing up. It was like 5 p.m. their time when we called out. I think I called from my friend's cell phone. I think he had international coverage. Maybe the airline representative called from their phone. And they actually had to run and get to the department chair who had already left the office, had just left, was out in the front of the campus. And they were able to get the person needed to make the verbal confirmation on the phone for me to get that airline, to get that flight. (laughs) So that was the beginning and how it started. So um, I was prepared. I had done a lot of research and it was quite a big travel event. And eventually I made it to the small town of Blagovgrat. They moved me in into the dorms. It was very humble, meager. I mean, it was fine and comfortable. It just was um, very much a student living space. And all of the students were leaving because graduation had happened. This was the end of middle of May that I was heading out there. And so there were going to be very few students on campus, which is a huge bummer to be working in the summer with not all of the students there. There would be a few students on campus and I would be working with the therapists who were in the student counseling services and I should say therapist there was one therapist and my job was to try and assist my job it's so weird to even say it that way I've been thinking a lot back to this and thinking what in the hell here I come into this entirely different system and culture and the woman was amazing Raina uh, was her name and she was probably close to 50. So she's my age now, then. And I'm this 20, like, let's see, 29 year old coming down from Salt Lake City, Utah. You heard my, my essay that I wrote last week. It was called Music Lessons, by the way, the title of that essay. And It's just weird. More than ever, I'm starting to see the systems of privilege and I'm starting to see where I have, even as a gay, queer human, I still have a lot of privilege as a male, educated white. Um, And it's kind of weird to think back at what I was doing with this woman and thinking, that we had a system of helping students with this sort of American university tradition counseling services. I had support from faculty. I had a faculty representative, although that person was not very available during the summer to assist me. Um, And so I was able to get a lot of research from different online academic systems and just to have great conversation in real time with this wonderful woman and practitioner who really wanted to make things more open and in the style of the American university system. Uh, Naturally, my personality was one that was open and she and I had a connection and friendship. She spoke English rather well. And, um, 
I mean, there were so many experiences I had that was such an interesting place to be planted. But let's just take you through a couple significant things that happened for me. So the biggest thing, hands down, was that I was coming out of religion, coming out of Mormonism and my 20s of trying to be straight, trying to cure this homosexuality, following this very faulty model that I am so opposed to, reparative therapy and conversion therapy. And I was on my way out and this experience for three months in other countries, in other cultures, cracked me open and helped me realize that I could let go and make moves towards my gay queer self and to a future without religion. I didn't know how to do that and I just took the clues as they came bit by bit, step by step. By the time I got home from that summer excursion, and mind you, I didn't just go to Bulgaria. I went to Greece, I went to Switzerland, I went to Paris, a little bit of Italy, uh, traveled around Bulgaria it was awesome. I saw and experienced so much. And so it gave me a launching place, a, a ground to spring forward into a whole different viewpoint of sexuality in the world. So that was the biggest, most important. The second was art. When I went in the middle of my summer, so probably in July, I've been there about five, six weeks, I went to a conference in Paris, flew from Sofia over to Paris, and met some of the faculty from the University of Utah in my graduate program at a conference. And I ended up spending a couple weeks traveling on holiday. They were totally great in letting me have that time off. They were fine with it. I went to Paris. I spent several days before the conference. I met up with a friend from the university and we took the train down from the conference at the end down to Southern France to Montpellier. And then I went over and departed on my own to uh, Nice, uh, close to the French Riviera. And then I took a flight from, I guess it was probably back up in Paris to Switzerland. And I spent five, six days in Switzerland exploring Bern and the Alps. And we have family friends that live there. My mother was actually born in Switzerland and I had never visited her home country. And I was actually the first of her children to step foot on the ground. And it was a very moving experience for me. My mother came to America when she was six years old with her entire family. They migrated to, you know, do the whole religious Mormon Salt Lake City and probably the American dream perception. And so those experiences were profound. I remember very vividly experiencing this familiarity with Switzerland, the way that people spoke. I had studied German in high school for two years. So of all my travels, that's where I felt most comfortable with the language. Not, I don't speak German fluently at all. I just very quickly could pick up and started to remember. And then from the 
travel books and the phrases and working on them to order and make requests and buy food and things, I noticed after being there for six days immersed in it, I could really, I could just follow a little bit more what people were saying. Um, in Bulgaria, I was able to study the Cyrillic alphabet, and that was kind of cool, and to kind of learn how to read according to the pronunciation, which was very fascinating to me. So being in Switzerland was very moving of all the stories I heard from my mother and her sisters and just kind of the family legacy. It was awesome, and it's just beautiful country. Felix, our family friend, it let me stay with him. He took work off. We bought train passes. We went and hiked in all these different mountain ranges. Uh, we went down to a tri-state area with Switzerland, Italy, and Austria, I think. Call. I'm not going to look at the map anyway. Um, the other thing that happened when I was traveling away from Bulgaria was that I... In Paris, I went to the museums, and that's where I really touched art and the Musée Picasso, which was a very small, intimate collection of many of the different mediums of Picasso. The Louvre, and saw a lot of different items there. I also went to the opera and saw Carmen. I went to the, the, um, the Royal Theater and saw a straight play all in French. I, oh, and I also did all these fun, like, gay queer things. Went to some gay bars. I went to a Parisian bathhouse that was for um, gay men. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. There were so many experiences. The beaches and the traveling, um, just so my just it my mind just popped open my heart my sexuality it all just seemed so ridiculous what I was doing and how I was struggling in this construct that was just not true for me yeah so I really got that that hit for my art and that first hunger for art and then it was just about a year and a half to two years later where I picked up watercolors and pen and pencil for the first time in New York and and started just sketching and sketchbooking. Another awesome experience was just being in Bulgaria, like planting myself and living and being all alone and being very centered, well, being somewhat removed because of the language and really having to spend a lot of time alone in this sort of different mentality. I didn't get this experience as a Mormon missionary. A lot of LDS Mormon missionaries go international, learn a language, have these experiences. My Mormon mission was, for those of you that don't know, was in West Virginia, Virginia, the Bible Belt, English speaking. So there were lots of down, there was lots of time alone and just watching and reading and just, um, experiencing a whole different reality. It was very, very wonderful for me. Um, I was able to spend uh, several weeks towards the end of my time in Bulgaria house-sitting for a professor, so I was able to leave the small, like, meager dorm situation and to actually house-sit and stay in one of their homes, which was really awesome. 
Um, oh, the coolest thing is when I first got to Bulgaria, after about the first week, the it was a holiday for them. And I was invited by a couple faculty, uh, the single woman who worked in student services, American. She was like my immediate boss. And then another dean, American woman and her husband and two of their kids, the five of them were going to Thassos, the northern Greek island, the Emerald Island. And they were going to drive down and there was room for me and they invited me to holiday with them. And it was like, actually, it was like six days after I landed. It was awesome. And we spent like five days for the long weekend I was able to get my own room in this place. I was able to rent like a moped and it was awesome. We drove down into Greece from the border in Bulgaria, went through Thessaloniki and then over to Thassos, the Greek island. We went on the ferry. We stayed on this little island. It was amazing. The Aegean Sea. It was so cool. And I remember renting a moped and doing a little bit of alone time and um, found like the nude beaches. There were some like gay nude beaches on the island and they weren't very busy. It was a smaller northern island, but it still was just fantastic to be having these rich experiences. The work was fun learning about counseling from this woman Raina and her training in Belgium and how she was trained to be a therapist and the questions she had for me and it wasn't really difficult work it didn't it didn't involve a lot of students it was really working with her to plan how to integrate more direct services counseling in the American style of the counseling service department on campus. So by the end of the summer, we had gotten her a space. We'd gotten money and funding for them to decorate the space with, um, with beautiful rugs and artwork. And in fact, one of my professors came to do a site visit towards the end and bought this gorgeous painting for the office for Rhina and the counseling service. They were able to hire their first employees, so there were two of them. I helped to interview and hire this woman so that by the last week together, there were three of us working together. Um, I did interview a lot of students, maybe 10, and um, came up with kind of a format for interviewing, grabbing information. And ultimately, I would use a lot of this information for um, a presentation where I was I submitted my experience and the the data and the information that I learned because working with my faculty representative, there were certain things we were looking at as part of the internship. And so in the fall, a couple months after I got home, I returned to Romania and was chosen to present as a student at an international social work conference in Romania. And that was paid for and covered for me to go present. And I went back to the area, Romania's the country above Bulgaria. Um, yeah, so so many awesome experiences. And 
then I came home the end of August, mid to end of August, and was going to start my last semester of my graduate program. And that is when (laughs) I got home and I was like, what am I doing? This is crazy. This whole like religious sexual conflict is just, it's not true. And the only way from the deep conditioning that I had, the only way that I could find an exit point, which I still hold to this idea as something that's a valuable idea and option. From that point of reference in August of 2002, I thought, what if I just for a year, I try it for a year, I I just stop religion, I stop all of this, and I totally embrace my queer gay self. I wasn't calling it queer at the time. My gay self and date and socialize and be normal about this. And that's what I ended up doing within a couple weeks. And it was such a big decision and it was so relevant. And, and it was just like a rupture in me by taking this abroad experience and broadening my entire framework of the world. So I'm really grateful. And um, it's interesting because Daphne Miramaldi and the other social work representatives who encouraged me they were so, so like passionate about taking an international placement. And I can see why now. I was talking to my niece, one of my nieces earlier this summer, and we were talking about international internships. And I was just kind of saying, if you can, if you can, you should do it. It's amazing. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, the summer the summer story. And I mean, we're wrapping up with summer. We only have eight more days, everybody. September 22nd, Thursday is the summer equinox into fall equinox. Thursday, September 22nd. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit about this. Um, It's been fun to think about it and talk about it. So um, that's it for the summer series. And I will be back soon with a very new podcast episode. I've got some fun things I want to share with you. I hope you have a wonderful moment wherever you're headed next. All my love.